you know the really bad news? Did none of it's been recorded? <laughs> oh my god, I'll never remember all of that. <laughs> oh dear, oh it helps no. when you switch the on button. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Let's try again. Okay. Do you want some water? No, I'm good. This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, facilitating information technology in Scottish general practice. I was a keen supporter of having a user group across Scotland and ensuring the voices of practices were heard. Thinking of different ways to engage with your users that meets that particular user's needs. So it's been able to understand the practice, work with them and see if you need to make something different for them, what will that look like and what could you do to support them. Hello, uh, my name is Neil Kelly and I'm uh, one of the co-chairmen of the Scottish National Users Group and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Snug podcast. This time we have the pleasure of a discussion with Louise McTaggart. Uh, Louise has been a, a member of the Snug Executive Group for many years now and most recently as our treasurer. Um, she has worked as, as a GPIT facilitator in Greater Glasgow and Clyde uh, and now has moved on to provide support for the GPIT reprovisioning programme. So it's a great pleasure to have Louise McTaggart with me today. Thank you very much, Louise, for coming to speak to us. Obviously, you've uh, been a great friend to Snug over many years, and uh, I thought this was a great opportunity just to speak to you about your role uh, over uh, a number of years now, both within GPIT and also with, with Snug, uh, and also perhaps to get you to reflect a little bit on, on where you're heading with the new GPITV provisioning programme. So um, maybe you could kick off by just telling us a little bit about how you got into the world of GPIT and uh, and how that evolved for you. Okay, um, I started work as a practice manager in 1990 in a small single-handed GP practice in Glasgow just outside Claybank and at that time the practice had no IT, they had Lloyd George records and hand-wrote prescriptions and hand-wrote an appointments book so um, it was a new GP that had started then so we were keen to change and try and make the practice more efficient so we um, got a GP system it was one PC to begin with with GPAS and over the years we then built that up to have PCs in every consulting room and all over the practice so we became much more electronic so the benefits that that brought us which was much more efficient for the practice and appointment systems, prescriptions and then getting um, registration so all the things on on the IT system that would help the practice and uh, make it much more efficient at that time. So what were some of the real challenges in doing that in in, in those early days of of, of GPIT? Um, I think it was Time and staff and just um, trying to work out the best thing that you wanted to use the IT system for. So 
I also became the uh, on the GPAS users group, so you would get to hear what was going on in, in other practices, and you would learn from that, and you would then develop your system um, to do things that made the practice much more efficient. So over the 11 years that I was in Kelso Street, we actually moved premises, built the list size up to almost double it was when I first started. So a number of things that we we did within the GPIT system really enhance the services that we provided to patients at that time. Okay. So obviously you mentioned the uh, uh, GPASS users group, um, which was the, the, the predecessor of, of SNUG. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you know what what your involvement was um, with GPASS Users Group and ultimately with Snug? So for GPASS Users Group, you know it was really the regional meetings were great because you would hear about new things that were that was happening at national level or across the health board. You would learn hints and tips from either trainers that came out from GPASS or. Um, Dr. Kane Harden, who mm. was really enthusiastic about GPIT and how it could support practices and, and make you know quality of data, a number of, of different work streams that that Kane was involved with. I, I was it was great to go to that. You always learned something new. So I was a, a keen member. When I changed roles um, from working in Glasgow LMC, so I was a training and developer uh, with the Glasgow LMC to support practices so we used to do GPAS training, searches and reports, a, a number of the various uh, training courses for practices but as I moved on to other roles I then became a, a snug, the snug treasure, mm. you know, somewhere down the line but from the early days of being in the GPAS users group I was um, a keen supporter of having a user group across Scotland and ensuring the voices of practices were heard Yeah, really important I mean, I guess uh, Snug has changed quite a lot over the years. Um, for you, what are some of the good bits about what S- Snug can do and, and has done? I think being able to hear um, what's going on in other areas, learning from national groups, because sometimes you don't always hear um, from your health board about other work streams and how it may affect you, learning from other people. So some of the national meetings, so the conferences that, that um, Snug and Skimp have had in the past, so the joined up conferences where you're you're taking a step back from the practice and, and hearing a range of other topics or solutions that can help with your practice, deliver either your contract or deliver a better service to your patients, making things easier for your GPs and, and your, your team really. So I think just the various um, different opportunities that being in a users group or part of a users group, so newsletters, um, meet regional meetings, national meetings, I think these all contribute. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, as a users group, we're, we're continually trying to think about the things that we could do, could do better. Um, and obviously, we've been talking quite a lot about that over the course of the last six months. In your opinion, what, what are some of the things that a user group like Snug do better as we move forward? It's difficult to say what you could do better because I think you do a good job already. I think it's just being able to support practices just now because it's it's a different state of affairs just now in general practice than it was, I think, earlier on when you could go to evening meetings or you could go to daytime meetings and that included the GPs now practices are struggling under the weight of work and the change of the work that it's difficult to get 
people out at night or during the day because I've got so many other commitments. So I think it's thinking of different ways to engage with your users that meets that particular user's needs really and to be flexible enough for that. I think that's a bit of the challenge, just trying to get the right medium at the right time. And, and complicated uh, in, in the world we live in where people communicate now in so many yeah. different sorts of ways. Um, so you, you, you were a facilitator with Greater Glasgow um, Health Board uh, and obviously managed a team of facilitators laterally. What do you think it is that makes a good facilitator? Um, I don't think it's any one thing and having a team you have get different people who can flex the skill, skills to support delivery of a number of projects that I've been involved in in the past but I think it's having the knowledge of of practices and being able to adjust um, how you interact with practices to try and assist them to deliver you know various either work streams or changes in understanding some of the barriers and what you can do to try and support them. There's no one-size-fits-all for general practice. In my experience in Glasgow, we had 240-odd practices of varying size and complexity, and you couldn't just develop a, a training delivery or a course that you would go in and do for all of them because that just wouldn't apply you wouldn't get change so it's been able to understand the practice work with them and see if you need to make something different for them what will that look like and what can you do to support them and I think um, build up a good relationship with your practices be to be supportive and just understand them I think all of those different qualities in a facilitator or a team of facilitators um, is is worthwhile to then try and help practices I don't think there's any one size fits all and I think that that's one of the joys of general practice is that it's it's very um, different across the piece across the whole of the geography of Scotland and it is sometimes difficult to, to know what exactly practices need to get the best from the right here, and, and, and uh, that whole facilitation role has yeah. has really opened up the opportunity for health boards to try and help and support practices. So maybe we can move on a little. And uh, obviously, you've moved to join the GPIT reprovisioning program um, in the summer. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what your new role um, with them is going to be? Okay, my role is the National GPIT Deployment Manager, so the work streams that I'm responsible for are to work with the suppliers to do the testing and assurance, so that's one of the work streams. So as part of the contract, the suppliers need to be validated, so the systems need to meet the requirements that a number of stakeholders across Scotland have fed into and assessed the suppliers and been able to deliver on that. So working with a number of subject matter experts and the test manager to ensure what the suppliers will, will offer meets the requirements, in addition to work with the local health boards to actually deploy the system. So how we'll manage migrations, how we'll manage training, how we'll manage the go live. So I've got experience of having done that the last time from moving from GPAS um, to Vision and EMIS. So my health board was predominantly an EMIS health board. But since then, until now, we've had a number of GP practices migrate across systems. So got lots of experience of what works well and what doesn't work so well. So I'm hoping to take that up to the kind of Scotland-wide level and, and bring that experience to the project. And I'm, 
I'm absolutely sure that will be invaluable. Um, clearly, it's a massive project. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges in there for us, um, both as a nation in delivering a project of this size, but also for practices in actually having to go through that process of potentially changing their system or, or at least updating their system? I think the sheer scale is is um, a big challenge, being able to being able to achieve it in the timescales that we have as well. So if we've got the project plan is about a year and a half to two years to be able to do that across Scotland, we need to recognise some of the other dependencies and challenges for health boards and for practices over that period of time. So the winter brings challenges, the summer brings challenges, the school holidays, there are a different number of different areas that bring challenges to practices to try and be able to deal with a big project of this, this scale. Um, I think... Being able to, a bit like the facilitator, we need to be flexible enough to try and work with health boards and work with practices to see if we can meet those challenges. And I think just being able to um, understand at practice level what's going on and do a lot of preparation within the project with the suppliers and the health boards so that we've got as streamlined a sausage factory as we possibly can, you know, so that we're we're not making it too difficult and trying to understand before it happens what some of the challenges will be and try and keep it as smooth as possible and minimise disruption for practices. I can't say there won't be any disruption because there absolutely will be, but it's what we can do to work with health boards and practices to minimise that and and understand it as best we can. Yes, I think you're right. That 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 whole um, challenge around um, the the absolute dependency that we have now on these systems is quite different than it was even six yeah. or seven years ago. And and um, the idea that you have to do without your computer system for more than a day uh, is going to fill practices with horror. Yeah, we're so paperless now. I mean, practices. Um, are, you know, printing prescriptions and handwriting prescriptions, but a number of the other processes and practices are completely paperless. So tasks and lab results, you know, all of these elements that practices look at several times a day to keep the process going for patients, you know, just so that it's safe and it's clear and there's no gap. How we address that now is much different than we did the last time. Mm. Um that we migrated systems even I migrated a system before I left Glasgow earlier on in the year and it was a number of days for that practice to be without their system um, and and that was really difficult for them and there's lots of catch up time and then you're trying to get up to speed and, and deal with a new system so we need to plan it really well and we need to work with each of the practices uh, and each of the health boards and, and, and try and understand the best approach who are the early adopters, who are the people who are keen and then leave others at the end. So we've got lots of ideas about how we can try and address it, but we need to work with the health board and the practices themselves to, to understand it and make sure we plan it really well. Equally, I think the the level of, I was going to call it digital maturity, so the, the understanding and the knowledge and the capabilities of people in practices is at a different level now. And so... I would hope that actually the support is much more widely accepted and, and, and actually the opportunity to 
um, grow people's level of experience is, is there in a way that it's, it's never been before. Yeah. I agree. So, um, just a, a couple of um, much more interesting questions for us to finish up on. Uh, some incidental choices for you to make. <laughs> so, so is it the gym or is it gin for you, Louise? That's a hard one because I like both, but I think if you had a gun to my head, I would need to pick the gin. Uh, well, I think you're in good company on that <laughs> one. So is it Apple or Android for you? Oh, I'm an Android girl. Really? Yes. So uh, I, I guess that fits, again, with that whole idea of, of working in a very Microsoft-oriented environment, perhaps. Uh, and is it a bicycle or a limousine? Oh, I'm a limousine. If you can, <laughs> if I can upgrade, I'll always upgrade. Excellent. Uh, and last one: is it uh, sun and sand or snow and skis? Uh, sun and sand. You don't like the cold. Not particularly. <laughs> what on earth are you doing in Scotland? <laughs> So thank you very much, Louise. Uh, that was a fascinating insight into your journey through uh, GP computing. You've been a stalwart member of, of the Scottish National Users Group for, for many, many years and, and, and your support has always been much appreciated. Snug is always looking for ideas uh, of things to put onto the podcast and so if you feel uh, there are things that we could usefully pick up for you and run a little piece on then please let us know uh, you can contact me through my email address at n.kelly at nhs.net or indeed you can leave messages on the snug website we are always keen to hear from you um, and uh, your input is what makes uh, snug as a members organization useful and important a final snippet for this podcast, just to make you aware that Snug ran a development day last month and have produced an initial draft of a, of a text uh, looking at the activities that Snug should undertake over the course of the next year or two. This is now published on the Snug website and it would be really great if you could have a little look at it and provide us with some feedback on the issues that you feel are particularly important. The Snug Executive Group are going to review this document at their next executive meeting and finalise some plans around some of the activities and you'll hear more about that in due course once those plans are clearly drawn up um, with some timescales and some people allocated to take on these tasks. So thanks again for all your support and look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye.